But we have to learn that the power of forgiveness is so magical that if you truly forgive at the source, that amazing things can happen in your life as a result of, of learning how to operate in the solution rather than the problem. Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self, and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Hello, my friends. So today's iTunes review comes to us from No Moat Ads. He writes, or she writes, gets to the root cause of our situation. After years of looking outside for an answer to fix my problem, I believe I have found what I was looking for. Something that would stop treating the symptoms, problems, I was experiencing and get to the root cause of why I was experiencing it. This is not a band-aid approach. Rather, it will leave you feeling empowered and worthy. No moat ads. Thank you so much. That is exactly the intention of the podcast. I couldn't have said it better myself. If you email me at elon at satoriprime.com, I will get you your special gift. And if you're out there listening and you'd be willing to leave us an honest review on iTunes, I will read it and then I will send you a personalized gift as well. All right, now on with the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Personal Development Without the Fluff. We are Satori Prime. My name is Elon Ferdman, and today's guest is Chris Salem. So first and foremost, welcome to the show, Chris. Elon, it's a pleasure to be here. So um, Chris and I met, it was about probably like two months ago at this point, we were both speaking at an event, and even it was really funny because even before we had spoken, we just kind of gravitated towards each other, started speaking, going like, Oh, we're we're going to become fast friends, and yeah, then absolutely. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was at um, I was invited to his radio show, which is an awesome show you guys should check out called Sustainable Success, uh, which we can share the links with you. And Chris is in a very similar place to what Guy and I do. So he's a speaker, mentor, coach, and uh, we just had such a great time sharing wisdom back and forth that I asked Chris immediately. I was like, hey, would you ever consider being on our podcast? So it just worked out beautifully. Uh, Chris, why don't you, before we jump into all this stuff, I- I'd love for you to share a little bit about what you do, what your passions are, so people get a little bit of a sense of who you are. Sure, absolutely. Thanks, Eli. I appreciate the introduction. So, you know, again, I'm a uh, foremost a life and business strategist, a professional speaker, award-winning author, and a radio show host. Uh, what I primarily do is I work with entrepreneurs, business leaders, sales professionals, as well as companies in, in regards to helping them to have sustainable success at the next level by showing them how to operate within the solution rather than the problem. How I go about doing that is helping them to uh, address limited beliefs that hold them back from having sustainable success at the next level. And not only does this apply to individuals that allows them to play at play bigger at a higher level, but also companies in terms of how this, they can improve employee engagement, workplace communications, corporate culture, and so forth. And that all leads to increases in production, efficiency, and profitability. In addition to that, I'd love to speak. I'd love to serve others in providing messages that could help them to uh, make pivots in their life and business. I call myself a life and business strategist because I look at life and business as one because both affect each other. So it's all about operating within the solution rather than the problem and having a specific detailed life and business strategy to follow uh, with the right habits and disciplines so that you can have that sustainability in whatever is important to you. In addition to that, I'm a dad uh, to 11-year-old son, uh, have a 
love, love of my life, my wife, Maria. Uh, love, in my spare time, I love to work out. I'm really big into fitness, uh, hiking, uh, being outside in my backyard, and just enjoying life. Awesome. So you guys can see why uh, Chris and I just gravitated to each other, to each other immediately. <laughs> um, you know, you, you use this phrase a lot which is operate within the solution, which I think for a lot of people, they might have their own notions about what that means. I think that a great place to start would be just to define that as you see that. Sure. I mean, the way what I mean by operating within the solution is, again, to look at your life and business. And are you op- when you operate in the solution, that means you have addressed any potential bottlenecks or issues that may be holding you back. If a lot of times people don't realize that they're managing the problem, meaning that there's something in their past, limited beliefs that could be holding them down. It's at a subconscious level, not at the conscious level. So a lot of times they're not even aware of it. So think about a manufacturing uh, line. If you ever heard of the root cause analysis, you know, you could have a manufacturing line that can produce widgets. And if it has bottlenecks, it could still produce widgets. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the best quality. It's not going to be as efficient, and it may not yield the, uh, the most profit, but it can still produce. This is how people manage their lives. But if you're able to address the bottlenecks, you can become more efficient, more productive, and obviously yield more profit. In this case, with equity, you know, if you compare that to somebody's life, that means you're able to operate at, at a higher level than you currently are. So that's what I mean by operating within the solution rather than manage the problem. Okay, so let's dig into that a little bit. Because um, you mentioned, you know, these are things that are at the subconscious level, people are not aware of, which is something that we obviously spoke a lot, even on your uh, radio show. So how do people start to become aware of these things? Because, you know, to use your, your manufacturing line example, right? If something is producing a result in someone's life, even if that might not be the optimal result, but they don't, they're not aware that there is an optimal result available to them. They're just like, hey, I'm producing. And for most of the people that we work with, they're already producing good, maybe even great results. They just don't know that they could be producing extraordinary results, right? And then Absolutely. This conversation. I, I have a perfect example yeah, for that please. too that I'm happy to share yeah, yeah. on your line. So, so in essence, you know, the key thing is to be one aware. It's just aware that maybe you're, maybe on some level, you're not where you want to be. So I'll give you an example. I had a guy that I coached about a little over a year ago that was in software sales and he was doing tremendous in his career. He, he was a multi six figure earner, married with three kids, uh, found out that he had come from, you know, a wonderful family, you know, background, had a mother and father still together, brother, sister, really had a great life. I mean, it didn't seem like really this guy really needed any help at this point. He pretty much had everything together. But even though while he was happy and he knew he was producing, something inside him said that there, I'm just not where I want to be in my sales career. And here's what, what he came up with. I just... I'm just aware that while I'm doing a lot of six-figure deals, I can't close a seven-figure deal, and I don't know why. So not a big deal. He's producing results, but that was something that was important to him. He couldn't understand why he could do the six-figure deal but not the seven-figure deal. So what we did is we went back and traced back the limited belief back to his childhood. Now, while he had a wonderful relationship with his father – during the process that I use, which incorporates meditation, journaling, and some other things, you know, again, I could spend two hours talking about that stuff, yeah. is that we were able to find out when he was nine and 10 years old, he could remember being, you know, playing baseball. Now, again, he wasn't conscious to this. This is his subconscious mindset now revealing this information that he can remember now, you know, when he was nine or 10 that when he would be up at bat in a game, his dad would be critiquing him behind the backstop. His dad was obviously looking out for his best interest, trying to help him. However, he internalized it negatively. So in every situation that he would be at bat, most of the time he would strike out or ground out, never advancing the runners, not winning the game for his team. This was probably the only part of his life that he was not successful, whereas everything else in his life had been successful up to that point. 
he didn't even, again, was not conscious to this. He didn't even remember this consciously. But as it came up from the subconscious level through the meditation journaling and other steps of my process, he was able to determine that he had passive anger towards his father, didn't even realize it because of that situation. So there was this slight resentment. And as a result, we were able to work through it where he was able to forgive his father, even though his father didn't think he did anything. He was he was upset at himself that he thought, did I do anything wrong to you? And he said, no, dad, you know, I'm just I have to do this for myself as part of this process to get to where I want to be. So not only did he forgive the source and release the emotion tied to it, doesn't mean he was ever going to experience anger again, but he wouldn't allow that emotion at that level to affect him, you know, going forward. He could make a choice to, you know, to think differently or, you know, process things differently. And he forgave himself. And as a result of going through this process, four months after going through that, he was able to close his first seven-figure deal. Now, some people might say, eh, whatever, that's coincidental. You know, he would have done it anyway. Yeah, I don't, how could that be that one incident or that limit, you know, allow him to go from six-figure to seven-figure? But now from what, you know, in the last you know year, he's been telling me that he's done a few deals that are seven-figure. So call it coincidental, but... He chalked it up that it was a result of that limited belief. And I've had many clients that have really turned on a dime in terms of, you know, once they've gone through this process, they've seen great results in terms of where they are now. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge believer in what you said earlier that a lot of human beings separate life, business, relationships, health, things like that. And, you know, I've coached thousands of people, but I don't know, tens of thousands at this point, it all ties in and the, you know, people want to break through in relationships. It has nothing to do with the relationships. It might have to do something with their health or in this particular instance, you know, your growth in money in your bank account or success at business, having something to do with, with your father. And it's really interesting. It takes something for someone. I was just uh, with a client on Tuesday we were laughing at how her success in business, like when she came to me, it was all about, she wanted relationship. Like it was all about focusing on relationship, this and that. Yep. But I told her, I was like, look, I'm not a relationship coach. I'm a life everything coach. And so we started to uncover all of these things inside that she had about worrying if, if she would do something that someone would run away and blame, and then that all spun back to her relationship with her mom, et cetera. Now, during all this time, she's started a new business. Her current business has gone through the roof. She's hired more employees. Uh, she's meeting more guys than she knows what to do with. And like all of this stuff is unraveling. And I just pointed out to her yesterday, I was like, isn't it funny that not once have we actually worked on your relationship. I wasn't like, hey, you know, is your, <laughs> is your online dating profile updated right now? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really, you got, I mean, all that stuff is like the surface. Yes. I mean, you, you, got, you got down to the, the roots, man. That, that's what's, that's yeah. what it's all about. And, and it's amazing how it's other things that affect that. It's not just that you're, tar- you're looking at, how can we make her more, noticeable and you know what what are certain things you can do and say to get more guys to pay attention you know absolutely that's why i love that example even with this guy it's just yes he wanted that result the true result though i'm sure if he's a father or when he will be a father that's going to massively impact now his relationship with his uh, He, he had a son so he had a son and two daughters so obviously you know, it, I mean, it can be for all three kids. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, especially for a father's son, uh, it's very, very important that 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 bonding process is, during that time frame is so important. Determining where a child's self confidence and self image go forward in their adulthood. Yeah, and and I, that's the thing that I just most most love about this work is like those results that. You know, when you uncover that hidden spot, it's so unexpected and the ripples of it are so much bigger than anyone uh, ever thought. I want to switch gears because you do something that's really interesting. You also work with corporations. So you work with, uh, you know, instead of like one-to-one, you also work one-to-many. Yes. Um, And I'd love for you to talk about what it is that you're able to do in the many aspect 
going into corporations? And like, what does that look like? What are you doing for these uh, companies? So what I, what I like to do for companies, it's the same process. Again, many companies operate managing the problem and don't even realize it. So you look at certain companies that stand out among the, the, the other 98%. Yeah. And if the reason why they stand out is because they, they put mindfulness, they, they understand life and business go together. They are in cohesion with one another. So they have, so the, the mission and the vision both from the company and at a personal level are in alignment with, with the people that work there. They, they just get it. So the corporate culture, everyone buys into it. They believe in it. The employee engagement is at a high level. Retention is, um, you know, they're retaining employees. The, the, the communications are, are at a high level. But for many companies, there's issues here. There's conflicts because of workplace communications. You have different generation types from baby boomers down to the Gen Zers now that are coming into the workplace. They don't know how to relate to one another. You have employee engagement tends to be not at a good level. So a lot of these things roll up and affect corporate culture. They, they obviously affect profits and production and all, the, all of the above. So what my message is without, without going in and say, hey, let me show you how mindfulness can really change the course of your business. I can't do that. I got to go in leading with what resonates with them, employee engagement, workplace communications, corporate culture, things that will improve those areas. But when it's all said and done, it all comes under the mindfulness topic and the process to learn how to operate within the solution. So it's the same stuff I do with individuals, except it's just positioned in a different way so they get it. Because otherwise, if I positioned it that way, they, they, they would just you know decline me. They want nothing to do with it. <laughs> I think you were the one that that told me the phrase, you know, uh, the chocolate covered carrot. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's amazing how you just rephrase things in a different way. And then people are like, oh, that's what I need. And, it, you know, it's just amazing how if you change the words and, and the meaning that that it, it opens up a lot of doors. So. Well, I'd love I'd love to uh, find a lo- out a little more and have you share a little bit more about your journey and how you got here because I, sure. I know for everyone that's on this path, there's always some amazing, interesting story that kind of pivoted us into this world. So, how did you get into this? What were your life experiences like that that had you go down this personal development track? Sure. Well, I mean, I've always been into personal development, but but the majority of my career I had spent in sales, representing companies in media primarily in aviation. So I, I had a, I graduated from Arizona State University with a degree in purchasing materials management with a minor in aerospace engineering. So I spent, I started my career in aerospace, but migrated into media and basically served the aviation industry. So understanding people and learning how to listen to understand versus to respond was something very important to me. I really had learned the, how to master sales and master communication and influence during, during that time. I was also a speaker in the industry, so I've been a professional speaker for 20 years. So how this all came about was about six years ago, I decided to get into personal development, merging that with business full-time as a life and business strategist. And it's all based upon my experience, um, not only in, in, in sales, but my personal experience with what I do today. So when I grew up, I grew up in a family uh, with a younger brother, mom and dad, obviously, but my father was really never present in our lives. He was always busy traveling. He, his, his primary objective was to become very rich, make a lot of money. Uh, he came from a very poor family, and that was his objective. So he made a lot of sacrifices. The sacrifices was his family. So as a result of that, I went through childhood with playing baseball, football, basketball. Dad wasn't in the stands. Dad wasn't on the sidelines. Dad wasn't coaching. And Cub Scouts, my dad wasn't there. Uh, high school graduation, dad couldn't be there. College graduation, my dad couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that he, I knew he didn't love me, but he didn't know how to say I love you or show his love. His way of showing love was buying you something yeah. to kind of buy, you know, that, hey, I couldn't be there. And obviously that had an effect upon me, even more so with my brother. My brother became mentally ill, drug addict, alcoholic. Um, I also had bouts with addiction, with alcohol, drugs, sexual addiction. I had, but my real addiction was anger (laughs) and the anger started when I was uh, 12 years old and persevered right into my twenties, right up until I 
hit rock bottom. And the, the anger, I didn't know what it, where it came from. I just thought it was all part of, you know, going through puberty and becoming a man, whatever the case may be. But I really had no direction. I, I even though I looked like I had self-confidence and had this great self-image about myself, it was completely opposite inside. I had the lowest of view of myself. Didn't love like myself. I, my self-confidence was in the toilet, but I just masked it. I wore a mask. And I, you know, while my anger, people knew my anger, I was able to kind of hide it in a lot of ways because I always try to keep a smile on my face. But meanwhile, I was just self-destructing inside it. And I got involved in a lot of self-destructive behaviors. And while I had two near life, de- uh, uh, near, near death experiences, that was not the wake up call for me. The wake up call was when my father was diagnosed with cancer um, at the age of 56. And he died four years later or four, four years, four months later. And that was the wake up call for me because up until that point, I had been the victim. I had been, you know, the angry, always getting involved in business dealings or jobs where it would be the same result. I would be disappointed because what I didn't realize was that I was making these choices and I was being let down just like my father let me down. So I had a part of that. And that anger is what led me to that. So once I took responsibility for my life, that I had to do something. I immersed myself into Eastern philosophy, meditation, into a, a parts of, you know, using a 12-step program. And I was able to come up with a process that allowed me to heal myself from the inside out. And I really had to get to the root cause. Now, the reason why I chose the root cause is because I had training in college with the root cause analysis in manufacturing. I majored in that. <laughs> See, there, there, there's, a, there's a, this is why my book is called Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, Create Prosperity, because I understand the root cause analysis, the analogy, how that applied to people's lives in business. So I was able to use that process to heal myself and be able to be an example of living in the solution for the last 20 years. And it wasn't until six years ago I decided to do it full time. I had been helping people on the side for many years and having great results, but not putting two to two together and saying, God, you should be doing this full time. You should be getting paid for this and you should put out a book. You should, you, there's so many great things that you could help so many people at a mass level. You got to do this. And I decided to do it when my son turned five years old and I knew that the career I had before I was traveling too much and this would allow me to stay grounded and be in his life and be the father that my father wasn't able to be for me. So I want to be able to leave that legacy for my son to do unto his children that he can do it right and we can break that pattern. Hello there. I want to ask you a quick question. Yes, you, our dear listener. Have you felt this desire to work with Guy and I and our Satori Pride family? Have you kind of been on this outside looking in thinking, you know what, someday, one day, I'll be able to afford working with Guy and Elon? Well, listen closely because today is that day. See, Guy and I have recently launched our latest coaching platform called The Collective. And in it, we get to personally coach people just like you on every area of life that matters most to you. So if you are in fact ready to live a life of having it all, this is an amazing first step. Oh, and I didn't mention the best part. It's just $99 per month. That's right, just $99 a month, and you get to learn and grow with Guy and I personally on live trainings. Stay as long as you want, leave whenever you want, just $99 a month. So if you're ready to go on an incredible journey with Guy and I and your fellow Satorian family, simply go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective. Again, satoriprime.com forward slash collective and join us today. Enough of this one day, someday stuff. Today is your day. It's an amazing story. I, I'd love for you to share, you know, what happened when your dad got ill that had you kind of wake up to all of this and, and start this process. Was there a particular moment? Was there something that you uncovered? Yeah, I would say that a year before my dad was diagnosed with cancer, I, I was in I, I was having back surgery uh, for I had these desmoid tumors on my back and I had compressed vertebrae. It was all the result of bulking up, uh, you know, heavy, you know, I was a power lifter, much bigger than I am now. 
And I was in the hospital. And when, for the first time, while my dad's business was going up and down, he was at the hospital every day for three months while I was there. Wow. And something that he wasn't there before. So it was like his way of making up for that time. So I knew it was like that. You know what? I said to myself, there was, even though I didn't know it yet, you know, completely yet, I knew on some level that my father always loved us and loved me, but he just didn't know how to because he was, he was never shown it to by his father. And he just didn't know how to be the father I wanted him to be, but he did the best he could. And I knew that when I went through this process, especially when he was diagnosed with cancer, I had to take control and responsibility for my life and break this pattern. So I had to, you know, figure out that I had to learn to get to the root cause of my limited beliefs and my anger to release it, to forgive not only for my father, but most importantly for me to move forward. So that was really the catalyst for me to, to, to make this shift. So what, what did you see was your root cause that, that got created with your father? Well, again, it was the, you know, just the, the emotional abuse, the, uh, just never being around. So it was just that lack of connection, never truly believing in the things I did. Those were the things that, that led to the anger, right? So I had to get to the root cause, of, you know, to figure out that my dad was, was, was living his life to what he knew. He could, only be the, he could only be who he was based upon what he knew. He had his own root cause. He had a lot of emotional demons. And, it, you know, there was nothing he could give me or my brother or my mother then then because he wasn't capable of and so i didn't understand that at the time but then when i was going through this process i was able to understand that so it's it's one of those things that we all have to take responsibility for our lives we can't point the finger at other people some things bad things happen to us sometimes it, it is intentional but many times it may look intentional but it's not intentional yeah. but we have to learn how that the power of forgiveness is so magical that if you're truly able to truly forgive at the source, that amazing things can happen in your life as a result of, of, of learning how to operate in the solution rather than the problem. So that was really the turning point for me. Yeah, I um, recently, I've just been toying with this concept of when we blame others, um, when we get angry or frustrated or upset with others, I've started to ask myself, you know, where does that come from? Like, where is that external explosion of emotion stem from? And the more work that I've been doing of late, which is really all about tuning into the internal body system. So really trying to bypass the mind as much as possible. You know, there, there's a sensation that occurs in the body that then turns into an emotion, that then turns into a thought, that then turns into spoken word, that then turns into action. So there's a lot of steps in between us speaking from that initial surge. Absolutely. And, and that initial surge in the system, as far as I understand it today, is the most honest of them, right? So it could be like sadness or anxiety or fear or worry or whatever, some, something like that. And then what I've started to play with is this concept like we snap externally, whether it's we vocalize it or not, right? Like we can be angry at someone and it's vo verbal or nonverbal, but like the, the emotions there because what we're actually angry at is ourselves or what we're upset about is ourselves. And we don't, we don't want to deal with self so it's much easier to externalize it and just project it onto somebody, project it onto somebody else. Yep. Um, I had a moment earlier, just last week, where I got pulled over by the police for tinted windows. In New York, now you're not allowed to have tinted windows. And my car, when I bought it, had tinted windows. Now, last week was the third time that I had been stopped for this. So I've, this was my third ticket for the same thing. And when the police like turned on his lights. I wasn't speeding. It was New York city. So like, I already knew what it was. It was 1130 at night. I was driving home after having the, just like a beautiful evening. We saw an amazing show and I got furious, like enraged, furious. And when he rolled down the window, 
Uh, I didn't have my license on me. So at first I was like, nice, like making sure that I didn't go to jail because I didn't have a license. He's like, yep. get up. do you know what? I pulled you over. Da, da, da. We go through this whole thing. And then I just flip. I'm like, yeah, because you're trying to collect money to fix this broke ass city. <laughs> and my wife is sitting there like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, well, well it, 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 I can relate to that. I, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, like, and I'm flipping, flipping. And I'm just, I'm just enraged. Like, boiling inside and it was so out of character for me so out of balance and so yes. out of that on the drive home rather than try to figure out what happened up here which is usually where i would go i was like you yeah. know what? i'm just gonna breathe and like drop into here and just see what the hell is happening so it took me the drive home it took me sleeping it took me meditating in the morning to kind of uncover this and the bottom line was my my little boy inside got really upset because he felt like he fucked up because this is my third time. Like exactly. You know, like I, I knew what to do, right. I'm the one that was like F the authority and like, you can't tell me what to do and blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, when, when he came in, the part of me that got upset was that little boy. And rather than deal with the little boy and actually confront him and be like, Hey bud, it's okay. We, we did this together, et cetera, et cetera. It was like, Screw that, man. He is responsible for all of it. <laughs> Obviously not the case. So once, like, I've just been playing with this of, you know, when you're frustrated out there and you're, like, dumping the frustration on someone or you're angry or whatever, to just stop and catch yourself, whether it's in the minute, a day, a month, it doesn't really matter. Just that process of, like, understanding what was that thing that actually got triggered internally that had you respond that way. And when you share that story about your dad, that's kind of, I was thinking like, you know, at 12 years old, you obviously had no idea about this stuff. Well, you, you, you just nailed it. I mean, your story, I mean, it's, it's an example and I can relate to it because here's the thing we call these triggers, right? So you had this police officer pull you over. I can remember back in the day, the same thing where I had tremendous road rage to the point where I would pull cars over and get into a fist fight. That's how bad it got. I'm telling you. Now, you would say that, like in your case, was the cop that came in and pulled you over one who really triggered that rage or anger, just like the guy who cut me off that I pulled over, was it really him? So what it was was these triggers will bring the, the, the emotion into the present moment, this being anger. But it really, if you were able to trace all the triggers or the causes back to the main root, it all goes back to, in this case, usually a parent. In my case, it was my father. So every time when, when I would get road rage or something would trigger this rage and anger in me, it wasn't that source. That was just a trigger. When I would be hitting the guy or he'd be hitting me and we'd get into a fight, it was really my father that I was hitting. Wow. Didn't even realize it. Didn't even realize it. Wow. It, and it's powerful. But it, it, it's, a, it's a, these emotions go so deep. Now, when I try to say is that it's like when people resolve the root cause to these limited beliefs and these emotions, does that mean you're never going to get angry again? No, but the anger will not consume you. you, you it's almost like it comes and goes. You're, you're not, it doesn't consume you because you've really forgiven and you have this ability to make a choice like flipping a switch to choose you know, joy and happiness no matter if something bad is happening. Yeah. The way, the way I've, uh, explained it to people is if you can imagine, and this is from, um, uh, from a book by Debbie Ford called, uh, light chasers, something dark side of the light chasers. And, um, she explains that the, if you can imagine the body is just all a bunch of electrical outlets and people just have an ability to plug in to one of these outlets and it creates, you know, the electric uh, response in you. She's like, the more work you do and actually figure out what the each socket does, you can use kind of like those child safety things and you close them. And then no one has access to that outlet anymore. And so, yes, while I fully agree, are you still going to get angry? Yeah, you're absolutely going to get angry because anger is the way that you release the emotional, the overwhelm emotion in the system. So, yes. you know, you have thousands of outlets all over your body. 
So when you close one, it doesn't mean you've closed off to anger. It means that that trigger no longer is going to be there to affect you or a version of that trigger, right? Absolutely. Hundreds more. So for me, it was really interesting. Like now, you know, when that happens, I used to get infuriated and I used to get infuriated because I was upset by this notion. And and it was so funny because we're in the car. And as this is all happening, my wife with the best of intentions, right? Because I know like she loves me, you know, with the best of intentions starts going, all this stuff that you teach people is complete and utter bullshit. You can't even do it in your own life. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like steaming. We're, right? we're, we're human. Yeah. We're human. That's what I said. I was like, we're I was like, like we're coaches doesn't mean we're a hu- We're not human. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm a human being. Like this is just triggering me right now. I, I get it. Um, what's really beautiful is though, before these moments would happen, And it would just be this like event. Now, I know this is going to sound really weird for listeners. I get really excited when I have these kind of emotional outbursts because it is so out of alignment. It's so jarring. It's almost like an out-of-body experience for me. Yeah. And when I snap back into my body, it's almost like, whoa. You know, there's that line in, in uh, Fight Club where he's like beating the crap out of the the, the pretty boy. Yeah. Looks at him. He's like, where did you go, psycho boy? And it's like that. That's what it feels like. Exactly. The reason I love it, though, is because I know that I just got feedback on one of these like core triggers. Yes. That I now get to explore and I now have like a physical experience of what it's like and I get to heal it and release it and be done with it. So whereas before I was like, God, I can't believe this happened to me again. Like it shouldn't be happening. I've done so much of this work and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm like, thank you. You, Yeah. You look at, you look at, you look at it as a, like a a positive experience to learn and grow from rather than let it consume you and further, you know, put, you know, gasoline on the fire to to prolong the problem. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. I'm so this made me think of this concept of, um, people having traumas in their life. And I'm sure, you know, as a coach, people come to you and it's like, the worst thing in my life is happening, da 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 da, da right? Like, I just had a, a client right now where like all, you know, his life just is like flipping upside down. And I can't as a coach be like, that's fantastic. <laughs> be like, I hate you. <laughs> um I'm curious though, you know, what, when you're dealing with people and it just seems like their life has just flipped and they're in this state of, oh my God, the world is, is I'm, I'm spinning out of control. Like what, what's your process with them? So again, it's to kind of bring them back into the moment. I mean, and this is something that a lot of people have a hard time doing because they don't even really, it's like autopilot. They're in the past and the future simultaneously. This is where fear, stress reside in the past. Anxiety is a, is a byproduct of taking the past into the future. The anxiety produces uh, procrastination. And this is why people kind of just kind of just drift through life, so to speak, or business. By learning how to be present is to kind of like just kind of bring it back all together to be aware of where you are now and to accept where you are now and to commit to a process that will allow you to figure out why these certain things in your life are not working or where you want to be or why you're being affected and consumed by the problem or these emotions. So it's, it's really about le- teaching people how to come back into the moment, meditation, journaling on a daily basis, incorporating certain types of organizational tasks that will become daily habits that keep the mind focused. But it's, it, again, being in the moment is a powerful thing. It, it just allows us to have more clarity. When we have more clarity, we're able to be more decisive so we can make the right types of decisions for us, our well-being and our business, and it allows us to take massive action as a result of it. So these are the things that I begin to work on teaching people how to be in the moment. It, but again, it doesn't happen like that that day. It, it, it's a process to get, you know, get them into the rhythm of learning how to do that. Yeah, uh, which brings me to another question. You know, this whole concept of the process. Um, I mean, you've been doing this for decades, right? I've been yep. doing this for a decade and a half plus. Um, 
And when people ask me, I, I honestly still feel like I'm scratching the surface and at the beginning of, of my process. And I've just learned to love it. There's so many people that when they start this process, they're like, so when does it happen? Like, when does this all end? Da, da, da. So the, how do you get people to see or what, what's the, the process that you have? Because like you said, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like, no, it doesn't happen overnight. And here's, here's another thing. It, 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 there's never an end. I mean, yeah. things will progressively get better and whatever you focus on will happen within, within real, you know, reality, so to speak. You know, like if I'm, I'm five foot nine, I'm not going to, and I'm 51 years old, I'm not going to be playing professional basketball, but if I love basketball, it doesn't it, nothing can stop me from maybe working in the NBA in some level. Right. Yeah. So the case is, is that it's learning how to be present, learning to, to be, laser focused in the moment and, and you know during the day on the tasks that will best serve your business best serve your customers will allow you to make more money will take care of your well-being your relationships and so forth in following a plan and that's really where the magic is so it's a process that does that mean that that in two years that like, i've reached and i've mastered everything and i'll never have to do anything no it's an ongoing thing because Soon as you become, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of throttled back in time, it's just like if you were working out and you got into really good shape for a wedding and you really busted your neck for six months, but then, okay, the wedding's over. I don't need to do this anymore. And you, you know, in six more months, you go right back to where you started. It's, it's, it's the process is always ongoing. It, 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 yet you'll have different goals and objectives all along the way. So you're just, again, being specific towards those goals until you reach them and then starting again to do whatever it is that your next goal or objective is. So the process never ends. It, it's a lifelong thing. Yeah. L let's use that example of working out. Cause I think that's so, so good. Uh, people, you know, going on vacation, going to weddings, they get really in shape, super motivated. The, the event comes and goes and it's right back to old habits and this is true for everything. This yes. is true for relationships, for health, for monetary, like it, it's just all of it. How do people stay continually motivated in order to achieve uh, or either sustain those goals yep. or achieve, keep achieving new ones? Okay, so motivation is fleeting, okay? Motivation is not, is not going to save you. And it never will, nor especially if, if you're looking for someone else to motivate you. That just that's, you know, a coach can motivate you. But, but what's even better is allowing discipline. Discipline is the secret to having this sustainability. So what discipline means is, is like going to the gym in the morning, even when you don't want to go, you don't want to get out of bed. It's like, God, I don't want to do this. It's the last thing I would want to do. But you do it anyway. Yeah, because you know that that it, it's gonna it's it's important to you. Now that doesn't mean you go to the gym every day. Yes, you can take days off. You have to rest your body, but it's like meditation. When people say, "Chris, uh, when you when you meditate, do you do it like you know three four times a week?" I say, "No, I do it every day." Well, don't you take a day off from it? I say, "No," because it's critical to being in the moment, and it's critical to me allowing my subconscious and my conscious mindset to speak to one another, and it it, it is the core to everything that allows me to have sustainable success in my life and to grow during this process. It, you can't, it, it, it's gotta be consistent. It, you can't do it once in a while. That, so the key is, is disciplines on a consistent basis is the secret to keeping this sustainable. And then also being accountable, accountable, not only to yourself, but also having somebody in your life or a group that helps you to be accountable. They're not telling you how, when, or why to do it. They're not scolding you if you don't do something right. They're just being empathetic. They're they're there to just guide you and and just keep you accountable and uh, to be a you know to have someone listen to you when, when it's needed. So why do you think people can do that when there's an event like a wedding, for example? Let's just use the the working yep. out thing, and then not uh, do that when when there's no event or or anything like that, or afterwards they just let it slack. I think it's because the, the people don't really have a grander version of themselves or a, a goal, a life or business strategy or a goal that will allow them to serve their true purpose. That's just like one little goal. Hey, I just want to look good for the wedding and that's it. 
It's, it's not sustainable. This has got to be something that, well, if you want to look good, you want to look good for the rest of your life, not only for that wedding, but just, you know, you know, so that you can have more energy to do things that you could, you could get it, you know, you could put more time into your business to add more value to people that you could, you could have more energy in your later years to spend time with your grandchildren. Uh, what, whatever the case may be, there's got to be a bigger picture to it than just that isolated event yeah. in order to make it sustainable. Yeah. There's a, uh, you know, I, I've noticed that a lot of people can motivate them for m- rely on motivation for a very short period of time by things like looking good and uh, things of that nature or meeting some mark, et cetera. Uh, what I've found makes the biggest difference is, you know, like if your internal is a certain way, that's going to create your external a very specific way. So your body's going to look a certain way. Your relationships are going to look a certain way. Your work life is going to look a certain way. And your bank account is going to look a certain way. We had a client where when he came to us, I wouldn't say he was like overweight. You know, he would probably say he was overweight. Yeah. He was bigger. Um, but he came to us and he was asking us all these questions about diet and this and that. And I gave him some tips, this and that. It made zero difference. Like it made, if, well, the, the diet and the food, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's important, but that is not, it, it's, it's the root cause to why was he eating the way he was to, to be at the weight he was. Exactly. And if you don't, I know people use this word all the time, self-love, but if you don't love yourself or if you're angry at yourself or if you're uh, down on yourself or if you had some sort of, we had another client where it was a safety concern, right? Like she had a, a rough upbringing, right? So people create certain body types to distance themselves from people until you handle these things, nothing happens. So this client literally in a span of, and, and we it was one of the first conversations we had. And then a few months later, um, he just started naturally like losing weight and he was just making better and better decisions. For example, like he wasn't drinking eight beers at a time or he wasn't drinking every single day of the week, you know, and it wasn't from a standpoint of I'm restraining myself from doing this. It just no longer aligned with who he said he was and what he was up to in life. Absolutely. The man lost 60 pounds in three and a half months. He's unrecognizable to like everyone around him. And I'm like, how did it happen? He's like, it just happened. Well, exactly. He, he, he looked beyond an isolated event. He looked at it the long term. What, what, what was his purpose? Where, who did he really want to be? And that's really where it comes down to. And, yeah. you know, where the, you know, where the solution is and where, you know, obviously where the problem is. And, and so when losing weight, when people say, oh, go on a Jenny Craig diet or, you know, that is managing the problem. And I'm not, nothing against those programs, but it all comes down to that all the answers to your problems are inside. Yeah. Guys like, you know, like what you do, Elon, and what I do, we are just guides to help you find that, you know, use the process to get there. But we can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. You have to do it. It's all inside. You just have to go inward and just implement these on a daily basis. These got to become a daily discipline, a habit. And in time, these are things that will get people to where they want to go. Yeah, it's the difference between uh, putting a Band-Aid on it and actually healing, healing the wound internally. Absolutely. So we're, we're coming out to the end of the uh, podcast here, and I would just love for you to share what are some things that, that you're up to that people can check you out at, whether it's uh, events or sure. events or anything like that. The best place to find me is uh, on my website at www.christopher, with a C, C-H-R-I-S, so Christopher Salem, like Salem, Massachusetts.com. Uh, some of the things that I got going on is that I am um, speaking at an event in Hollywood next week, next Friday, actually, called the Evolutionist Summit. Nice. And it's all going to be about really looking at business and life at a much bigger level, like kind of really looking at, you know, what's really important. Are we really operating our lives and businesses true to our purpose? So this really fits in, in the lines with what I do and looking forward to it. I'm also speaking at a, a, an event in Salt Lake City in early August called Be- Become Master One. And it's going to bring in families to show how families can become more you know, cohesive together, really working problems and operating the solution, addressing addictions, uh, you know, ch- you know, limited beliefs and all this stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. 
And another thing, a couple of things I'm working on is I also just recently started a nonprofit called Empowering Fathers in Action. So I'm a co-founder and CEO, and we're going to be coming up with actual solutions that men can incorporate to be cut to improve the father-son bonding process. And the goal is to help, you know, these kids, even if they don't have dads, to implement certain father figures that they can tap into so we can break these patterns of of lack of self-confidence that they bring into their adulthoods to repeat the pattern all over again. This will help offset bullying in schools, uh, school shootings uh, that happen. And so uh, we're we're aligning with other uh, nonprofits and resources to help make that happen. And let's see, what else do I got going on here? We are going to be launching an event. Um, It's not set in stone yet, probably in October in New York City. We're going to be looking to bring in speakers, authors, entrepreneurs as a mastermind at the Yale Club, which is right near Grand Central Station. So we want to bring in an opportunity for not only speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs to help build their brand where they can speak about their message, find their true purpose, but we're going to do a mastermind so we can really do a deep dive to help address certain problems that these individuals are having, not only from me and some others, but also the other people that are there, uh, their peers as well. So we'll have more information on that in the next couple of weeks once we have some firm dates when that's going to be. That's amazing. I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for spending time and sharing your wisdom here with us. It was an absolute pleasure having you. For all of you that are listening, whether you're in your car, don't worry. All the uh, links and everything that Chris spoke about will be in the show notes for you so you can check it out. And uh, thank you, my friend. It was a blast. Eli, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast today sharing this wisdom and we're so alike in the terms of helping people. So this was a great, great time today. Absolutely. All right, everyone. We'll see you on the next podcast. Have an amazing week. I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as I did. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. A couple of things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love that group. That's where we make all of our exclusive content available as well as trainings that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow Satorians. So make sure you press access to that group immediately. Also, if you haven't done so already, we've put together an incredible app. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part mindset reboot training. It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.